0: The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067.
1: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on what is a hot and sunny Tuesday afternoon in the middle of June. It is hot outside today. Hotter than it's been uh, in quite some time because it's not thunderstorming. And so, yeah, uh, it is dear just,
2: God. Man, it it's forever for a- some... <laughs> for it finally to clear up
1: i'm telling you and then it went from thunderstorms like a a summer day yeah it does you better believe it it went from thunderstorms to just blistering heat outside uh it's still humid it's muggy it's an alabama summer day and so hope you're all doing well on this tuesday june 20th 2023 this is on the line the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back he is carter bird i'm jacob goins with you on espn 1067 from two to four here on the auburn opelika sports leader lots to talk about today we have have uh, some baseball news to talk about. Some expected and uh, long-awaited baseball news when it comes to Auburn baseball, and more importantly to Plainsman Park. The renovations mm-hmm. that have been approved uh, that will start in July, and so we'll talk about all those coming up here uh, to start this first hour. Lots of great improvements to Plainsman Park. Uh, it's really, really exciting. I know our our good buddy Jack Hutton is excited about it. He's been asking for some of these things for quite some time. Lindsey Crosby as well has been talking about it, and so. Oh, my my uh, our
2: our friends over at the Auburn Sports Network, Brad Law and mm-hmm. Jacob Hillman, I know that they are very, very excited as well. Oh, Talking yeah. To uh, Jacob a, a bit over there t- today about it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's it's just been it's been things that have wanted that Auburn fans have wanted to happen. Some things that have needed to happen uh, to Plainsman Park to just make it better and really catch up with the rest of college baseball and the scc we've seen schools like tennessee and vanderbilt and arkansas they've done those things are in the works to do some of these things and so seems like auburn is investing in auburn baseball uh, and butch thompson and plainsman park so we'll talk about all those that got approved today what the timeline looks like what they're actually going to be doing to plainsman park i uh, will talk about that some here in this first hour Also, uh, Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily will be joining us here momentarily uh, here in the studio. He'll be with us all show long, and so excited to have him in the studio, I want to talk about an article he wrote for Auburn Daily. He wrote it based off of another list about Alabama and Auburn football and where the two stand program-wise compared to each other right now. Uh, it's a really interesting article, and I think that uh, I think our listeners will really enjoy that conversation. And we'd love for you to come in and be a part of it as well. And then later on in hour number two, we'll look at all the official visitors that have come to Auburn since those seem to be in the books for Auburn football. A big list put together by. Uh, a good friend of the program Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 so we will uh, kindly uh, use that list and talk about all the players that have been on campus for Auburn over the last couple of weeks and so should be a fantastic show on a Tuesday afternoon phone lines are wide open give us a call we would love for you to be on the line and join our conversation 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 reminder Lance Dahl will be joining us here momentarily but until then uh, as we mentioned carter uh, auburn baseball getting the approval of a 30 million dollar renovation to plainsman park with what will be a three-year plan Uh, it's going to be in a multiple step process um Auburn will be upgrading and getting upgrades to Plainsman Park since 2001. And so Auburn uh, has approved of this $30 million three-stage project scheduled to be completed by the 2026 season. It's expected to start in July. And, man, they're putting some money into this thing. And as rightfully so, Plainsman Park needed it.
2: Plainsman Park, I believe it was either 98 or 99, I want to say, that it was voted um best park in America in college baseball, but it's had a few minor facelifts since then, but nothing crazy has happened. Right. Uh I mean we've seen the the Performance Center, which was supposed to be a part of a multi step plan under uh Alan Green that, you know, getting scrapped for budget reasons and trying to save money. Um that was part of it. But that does not enhance the atmosphere. And now with the way that this is going to set up, the way that this this looks like it could um, look based on the sketches and everything, this is going to be really, really cool. And I think it has a chance to be an awesome environment mm-hmm. for, for Auburn baseball uh, as Auburn looks to continue to build, to continue to host regionals, do things like that. And uh, this will just add to the game
1: day experience
2: at Plainsman Park.
1: So what they approved, uh, they will be adding box seats behind home plate premium seating areas down the third baseline and in the current press box, and then seats on top of the green monster in left. I know that's been one of the biggest things that that Auburn fans, Auburn baseball fans have been looking for. They've been asking for it. Uh, you see it obviously at Fenway Park in Boston with the Red Sox. Uh, it's something that Auburn fans would have loved to have had already. Um, it's something that it's just really cool and it's unique, and there's not a lot of college ballparks that have the opportunity to do that and so that was finally approved today uh with with the seats on top of the green monster you have box seats behind home plate premium seating down the third baseline and in the current press box and then some other minor changes as well and so those will all begin in july with phase one of the project to be scheduled uh, and completed by the time the 2024 season rolls around and then everything else will be completed by 2026 yeah it
2: looks like 2025 they'll do the first base line and the uh kind of area on the monster which will be a lot of fun that'll be really really cool uh and then of course the and i think when it's all said and done there will be expanded locker rooms and weight rooms that'll finish up by 2026 i'm still curious if they eventually do something on on top of the uh player performance center Mm -hmm. i think that that's another place where you can add something honestly I kind of think that you could put some sort of seating there or you could put some sort of seating on the monster and take that mold that what you are planning for the monster and do that on top of the player development center. Yeah, I could see that. That's kind of an idea that I've had. But this is so needed for Auburn because this finally puts you on par with the rest of the SEC in terms of a park. Vanderbilt's had its upgrades. Florida has a new stadium, Alabama has a new stadium. Mississippi states the gold standard for baseball stadiums in college baseball. Everybody's got something new, all these new bells and whistles. Auburn was lagging behind and this brings them even with everybody else.
1: Yeah, I'm with you 100% and and it's it's you know, I understand that that baseball, college baseball, there are very very few programs in the country that bring in significant money just because of college baseball in general that's nothing against those programs or against the sport itself but we know we've all seen the numbers and the graphics of of how an athletics department their profit is broken down sport by sport so it is hard to sign and approve a 30 million dollar renovation to a college ballpark but this was needed and I think if you are really if you're Auburn and you're really serious about Butch Thompson, being your head coach, and you're really serious about this program becoming not only one of the best in the SEC, but one of the best in college baseball and making legitimate runs to Omaha and trying to win a national championship, this was needed. And by doing all of this, Jack, I know, has talked about it multiple times when we've had this conversation. All of these renovations will make Plainsman Park a a destination place for college baseball fans again. Because, let's just be honest, I don't think it has been over the past few years. Because it's still nice, don't get me wrong, but the last couple of years, compared to other ballparks in the SEC... It just doesn't seem like Plainsman Park was a place where outside of Auburn fans were like, got to go there because they have this. There just wasn't anything like that compared to other ballparks. So you look at what they're doing now with this $30 million renovation, that will now be the conversation again for college baseball fans. And you look at the at the pictures, if you go, you can look on AuburnTigers.com or Auburn247. Jason Caldwell, a good friend of the station, wrote a really, really good article about it and had pictures that Auburn provided when you're looking into Plainsman Park, if you're walking up the steps and you come into the stands, down below, right behind home plate, they're adding club seats right there, which I think will be really, really neat. Uh, there's a really it'll, good picture. It'll
2: have a feel like a lot of big league parks mm-hmm. have that. Yep. That kind of club-level, exclusive, right behind home plate, a little bit separate from the other seats behind home plate. Uh, that'll be something really interesting. And I, I'm I'm fascinated to see... Um, what people think about that and um i think it'll bring something to to plainsman park for sure
1: yeah and then you look down uh the first baseline uh we know it's it's a wide open area over there with with what is now uh just sort of a a hangout spot with a couple concession stands down there the plan for that is to widen that cover that and put seats on top of it that's what they're looking to do and again if you go look at Look at the picture. It gives you a better idea of what they're talking about. So think about that big concrete slab all the way down the first baseline. They're going to extend that, add club seats above it, and then at the end, as you're going towards the performance center, they're going to add what looks to be like a walk-in concession stand, which I think will be really, really neat, and maybe a concession stand, maybe have um, have like some gear, you know what I mean, like a team store, all that type of stuff that's going to give it more of a concourse type of feel above uh, and out in the action. So I'm really, really excited about that and what that can become. And then of course the big one, the the seats on top of the big green monster out in left field. Here is what people thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to be legitimate seats. They're going a different route and I actually like it. They're going with the tiger terrace type of seating where there's no physical seats. It's just a wide-open space for people to mingle, stand up and watch, walk around, probably drink your alcohol, um, do those types of things, just like you can in Tiger Terrace. And they're going to be connected, and it's basically just going to be one big hangout area. And I think that's a fantastic idea. I like that they went with that.
2: Yeah, I. I the more we sit and talk about it, the more I think that that that's probably the way it needs to be. I think you can create a really cool environment if you have – um, a bunch of people uh, up on the rail in on the uh, monster kind of get a little bit of rowdiness going. Maybe uh, have some verbal exchanges with the uh, opposing left fielder or two. Uh, you know, just ha- have a little fun with it, as we know that Auburn uh, Auburn baseball fans like to have. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't don't tell LSU's fan base. wasn't right. Wasn't it LSU's fan base that got really butthurt about? They said that the Auburn fan base was too mean and I was like wow. what are you talking about this is <laughs> wow nobody's ever said I, I, I've i never heard of that
1: said about Auburn no. baseball no not about Auburn baseball and Auburn it's pretty especially, rare to get that especially anyway. coming from
2: LSU fans because right. it's like y'all have the reputation of being the rowdiest maybe most unruly of fans out yeah there? maybe the not so nice
1: fans <laughs> but um, um
2: yeah I mean I would put Georgia fans up there with them but that's just me uh you know what this does though This begs the question, when is something going to happen to Jordan-Hare Stadium? Yeah. The giant concrete slab. I mean, they still haven't filled in the back of the video board like they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got all sorts of things that have been suggested supposed to happen, and nothing's happened. Yeah, I think. Nothing's happened as far as... Renovating the physical stadium, other than the video board, since what, like the press 04 boxes? four and the press box, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, yeah. Broadway Club, I forgot about that. Yeah, but the the stadium. What are you itself? gonna do with the other end zone away on the opposite opposite side of the video board? Because that <laughs> video that scoreboard's been there
1: for decades been there for my whole life pretty much i think um yeah i'm with you i think jordan Harris has got to be next uh when you're looking at the three major sports outside of auburn basketball's um all basketball facility that they've been talking about so no i think it's exciting though for auburn baseball they're finally getting renovations and a 30 million dollar deal uh, it's a three-year process it will be completed in steps and the first step to be completed in 2024 before the season starts so excited uh, to look at this and see the uh, see the upgrades be completed I know our listeners are excited about it too because we've gotten into conversations and gotten phone calls about it uh, over the past year or so and so uh, if you are excited about it let us know what do you think about the renovations going up at Plainsman Park with the uh, club seats down the first baseline the club seats behind home base and then of course or home plate I should say and then the seats on top of The green monster in left. 334 321 1390. We'll talk some more about it with Lance Dahl right after this here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334 321 1390 or toll free at 888 382 7502.
1: All right, back inside the ESPN 106.7 studios, I'm Jacob Goins, he's Carter Bird. We're joined by Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily. What's going on, Lance? How are you, man? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, doing
3: pretty good, actually. Braves are winning. There you you know, go. Times
1: are good. Uh, I really, really do hope that Carter's not over there
3: manifesting Kentucky <laughs> news, which I don't know why, I just feel like is always the situation when I come in studio. But other than that, man, I, I'm doing great. How well, hey, the, yeah.
2: the, the, the last piece of Kentucky news broke I broke it. I may have broken it to you on Twitter, but but bro- it was yeah.
1: not <laughs> during our show. Mm-mm.
3: It's Carter is now my official source for all things Kentucky That's
1: basketball. Right. That's right. Carter will be the new contributor for Locked On Kentucky. Is what it sounds like to me. Uh, hop on the podcast. You wanted to to talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken, didn't you? Yeah, yeah.
2: To talk about the
3: the worst <laughs> KFC I've ever been to, which also happens to be the first KFC. I would like to, to have you on for an episode here in, in a in a couple of weeks and for people to be like not not like a like annoyed or angry, just like confused. Yeah, like, why why is this? Well it's locked on Kentucky. So you it'd be get a the chicken it'd in It'd probably there be a point. good
1: break for, for Kentucky fans oh, to, get, to get some fresh news and something different than the disappointment they've had to go through the last couple of months. Instead it's the disappointment of one of the things that they hold dear. It's, yeah basketball that's unfortunate well <laughs> well Lance Dahl joining us I uh, believe all show long and so excited to have him in studio and uh, locked on Kentucky Auburn Daily go check out his work we're actually going to talk about uh, one of the articles he wrote for Auburn Daily coming up in just a little bit so oh, excited sure. to uh, to talk about that um, but while we have a couple of more minutes still talking about the the renovations to uh, Plainsman Park being a contributor for Auburn Daily uh, Lance I know you're more on the uh the football basketball side of things but when it comes to uh just auburn athletics and you see this 30 million dollar renovation be approved for plainsman park we were just looking at the pictures again Mm -hmm. uh during the break man some really really cool things they're doing over there at plainsman park
3: yeah and the pictures look absolutely phenomenal i don't know who they have in that department making these models uh, for these different renovations obviously we saw some a few years ago with jordan Hare stadium y'all are talking about maybe some new ones that we could be adding potentially in the future that would be beneficial something's got to happen something's got to happen it's like a, a five year old built in in Minecraft sometimes when you're walking down those <laughs> stairs but you it, can find it uh what the the AU Minecraft yeah, project yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it, yeah. somebody has built it that's in of, Minecraft that's one of my favorite Twitter accounts man just getting is he cons- still building on that I hope so I, I mean, really do never so. stops growing imagine so. he always has true. stuff to add great there's a water broker downtown all right fine <laughs> oh look there's there's a hey. third one
1: the only SEC school to have a Bucky's. I mean, come on, like, come on, y'all. Yeah. Hey, that was worth the graphic, so it's worth to it be put in Minecraft.
2: Yeah, they, I love how how serious people took that. As like, they really oh my got God. salty about that. It was so clearly a joke by Auburn, and it was just like trying to be funny.
3: And then people are like, Imagine oh, wow. trying to flex. look at
1: Auburn. Yeah,
2: imagine
3: I mean, trying to flex a gas
1: station. Like. What
3: they say, hose mad. But yeah, the, <laughs> this, uh, this 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 uh, structure here is absolutely phenomenal the way that they that they're going to design this i think it's state of the art it looks incredible and it's just another opportunity to uh, to get the the baseball scene for the tigers growing i mean obviously mm-hmm. butch thompson has had a lot of success here as of late obviously taking the tigers to omaha last season uh, I think this will be just another opportunity
1: to draw more people in. Y'all are still shocked at the fact. That I, said <laughs> I mean, I've, I may not. I may be useless for for the rest of the segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. The thing that excites me. It's going to be an unpopular opinion. The seats, or not even the seats, the open area on top of the green mm-hmm. wall is going to be really cool. It looks but I, sick. But I can't quit looking at the the thing they're going to do down the first baseline where they're going to extend that, it looks like. Yes. It, it looks like they're going to extend that concrete a little bit. They're going to put a walk-in store down on the end as you're going towards the, the performance center. And then they're adding club seats on top of all of that. Um, it, It's going to be really, really cool to see all of that. And, and again, it, it looks like when you pull up the picture, it looks like you're going to a, a minor league or even a major league ballpark where where you have the seats down below, still on the first baseline. Mm-hmm. You have the big, open, concrete... Uh, Concours really, and then you have you can still go down below. I see the stairs, and then you have the nice club seats with the boxes. It looks like uh, back behind it, um, and so I, I'm excited for that, man. That's going to be really, really nice.
3: I think it's refreshing every now and then to see things like this. Like obviously with the basketball stadium being renovated when, like years ago, whenever that was, and getting to see like things like this with with Auburn, it's nice to see that. Hey, we don't just take football seriously; we're also taking these other sports seriously. And as they continue to grow, as Pearl has continued to develop what he's got going on with uh, Auburn basketball like you mentioned we may be seeing a new basketball only facility at some point in the future Auburn with baseball I mean as these sports grow I think it's it's out of respect and obviously investment to continue to try and build upon that so uh, seeing things things like this obviously the pictures look dope um, but I think it's it's a testament to how seriously uh, Auburn just doesn't take just football it's the other sports as well
2: yeah I mean this is it's good to see Auburn, like you said, showing commitment to other sports, to baseball. Uh, we know they've, they have the, the commitment to basketball. Mm-hmm. That's in contrast to schools like Georgia that refuse to invest in baseball. Yeah. Like Part of their coaching search was, we cannot afford to hire a sitting head coach at the Power 5 level. So we're going to go get somebody's assistant coach. They went and got the LSU Assistant. Let's go i get think a Brian Harson type guy. I think it's a it's a good hire, but to me that kind that's the microcosm of what Georgia baseball has been. Georgia baseball can and should be a top three program in the SEC and a top ten program in the country year in and year out, and yet it's consistently in the back half of the sec really in the bottom like five or six mm-hmm. and it's only going to get worse when texas and oklahoma come to town
1: yeah exactly in the talent in the state of georgia and baseball and around it obviously it's just it's just so so good um a couple of other smaller uh, notes to to point out here about all of these renovations to plainsman park again this was all approved today 30 million dollars over a three-year uh, step process to the upgrades at plainsman park the uh, uh with the monster, you're going to have a pitching lab put underneath it, so that's going to be really neat. Um, You will also have a renovation to Auburn's bullpen areas uh, to include more room and uh, have the pitchers go down there and work, uh, work more in the winter months, basically have an indoor facility for the pitchers to go and work into. Uh, the current weight room, which is, of course, located underneath the stadium on the first baseline. You can see it when you're walking outside. That will be moved to the bottom floor of the facility, located behind Plainsman Park, where the coaches' offices are. So they're going to kind of move that around. Um, and then you will also have the locker room and training Training Areas will be uh, kind of renovated a little bit too so 30 million dollars that Auburn is putting into the baseball uh, facilities and the baseball program I think it's important I think it's needed uh, I mentioned it in the first opening segment about how. Plainsman Park used to be one of those destination spots, and I still think it is to an extent, but this will truly make it a place where other teams and other fans who aren't even playing at Auburn will put that on the map, put that on the list, and say, we got to go I, see Plainsman Park. I'll say it. I don't think it was. I don't think it was at all. I don't think it was a, de- a destination.
2: It has not been for a while because it's just gotten outdated. This can bring it to that status. This can... I think the atmosphere around Auburn baseball has gotten significantly better over the last few years. It used to be kind of a sleepy environment. If you talk to other schools, other uh, fan bases, players that played at other schools, that's kind of the way that they described it. It started to liven up as Butch Thompson has had all this success. This right here, this renovation, is going to take it to a different level and allow it to become a top-tier environment in college baseball
3: yeah it's not necessarily about trying to obviously obviously it's about trying to raise the ceiling which Auburn has done in a couple of years here uh, as of late but it's also about raising the floor (laughs) and part of that has to do with you know taking the stadiums and the ballparks that you play in seriously and as we've seen Auburn's two other major sports kind of uh, do their thing obviously Auburn football for a long time but basketball getting better and it's just a clean fresh exciting environment I think in those other two with the, with the exception of some minor things in jordan Hare, but this is uh i think it's a big step forward for auburn baseball
1: yeah the the renovations to jordan Hare stadium have to be coming uh and we're about to run out of time here but yeah the outside of the the press boxes in the in the video board which is very nice don't get me wrong it's very nice and, and there are there are questions about the press box and whether it was necessary or if that was the right way to do it whatever but There have to be some renovations coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's just like you put it, Carter. It's a big block of concrete, man. It's got to be – something's got to change with Jordan-Hare Stadium eventually, but a good sign.
2: Some bricks somewhere. Somewhere. Maybe some some really nice suites because
1: other schools have – Arkansas has them. If Arkansas has them, Auburn can have them. I think they'll come eventually. But first up, Plainsman Park getting $30 million in renovations. When we come back, we'll talk about Auburn and Alabama and the rivalry that Lance Dahl wrote about on Auburn Daily.
0: Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: 30 minutes into our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing. Backup, Jacob Goins, he's Carter Bird. We're joined by Lance Daw in studio for the entire show today of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily. And uh, speaking of Auburn Daily, I found an article that you wrote. Not really found, I saw it. You wrote it a couple days ago. Uh, and it's an article about Auburn and Alabama and which one is considered little brother in the college football world I guess and, and it's not you didn't come up with this you just wrote an article based off of a tweet right uh, yep. from uh, from Big Game Boomer if you follow them on Twitter you know what we're talking about they create lists all the time to generate uh, to generate content to generate uh, controversy if you will uh, and just get people engaged on Twitter getting excited about college football and college athletics and the The graphic was who was uh, the big and the quote, big and little brother type thing in every state of college football. And as you wrote, Lance as expected, the Tigers are labeled as little Brother to Alabama. And I, I don't want to go deep into that as much. I do want to talk about it, but the the topic I want to come out of this is, where do we see that going in the next 10 years? Because I think we can all agree. We've talked about it multiple times on this show, how we believe, the the dynasty Carter calls the cracks have have started to form in the dynasty.
2: Yes, and I that I'm, is my b- b- belief there, and I'm I'll, I'll put it on me just so it doesn't if it if it sustains for another decade you don't <laughs> I'm not going to be I will let me be the Max Kellerman Tom Brady's going to fall off a cliff and then he wins like three more Super Bowls. Wow,
1: you're not going to let me get dragged down with it? That's not I mean <laughs> if you if you want to hop on, sure. I do. Okay. <laughs> I do want right. to hop on because I've said it already. I agree. And look, I I, think ju- I it, was just
2: trying to save you. If this I appreciate went, if this that, out.
1: I appreciate that. Looking out for me as always. Um, look, I think it's we can all agree, whether it's us in this studio or any of our listeners uh, on the radio, on the website, whatever, we can all agree that Alabama has dominated this rivalry in the Iron Bowl for the last 15 years. Since Nick Saban got to Alabama, Alabama has dominated the rivalry. They just have. Sure. Auburn's won some really fantastic games, and Auburn's won some of the big games when it comes to the Iron Bowl, but for the most part, Alabama has dominated, and you can, if you want to use the big brother, little brother terms, sure, go for it, but I think times are changing, and that's the question I pose to you gentlemen here and to all of our listeners, 334-321-1390. How can that change over the next 10 to 15 years? Because Auburn dominated it for a while before Saban showed up when Tuberville was here we know the winning streak there we know what it was like uh, before that and then when Saban showed up we all know that everything just sort of changed and they've had the same coach this entire time Auburn's had to go through a handful of coaches and it has been a lopsided rivalry for the last 15 years but how can that change in y'all's mind for the Iron Bowl when it comes to Auburn Alabama and the Big brother, little brother roles be reversed. Well, I think I think
2: the way that this you see things change, which would take it, has to be very gradual over time. And I I've actually had a debate like this with a Texas A and M buddy of mine, who, um, when talking about Texas coming to the SEC, said, "Hey, if y'all get." Build yourselves up and are ready when they come in and you can kick them in the teeth for the vast majority of 15 years, 10, 15 years, you can change the, the narrative because you're, you're in place. You, you've been able to build up the, the recruiting and all that. And he told me that it would never happen. I disagreed there. But with Auburn, Hugh Freeze has to go win a bunch of games against Alabama. Like it has to be something that it will take time. Because, look, Alabama's won all those national championships, probably the historically best program in college football uh, with, what, the two best coaches in college football history, we you could argue. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have sustained success over about a 15, 20-year period against them to the point that you can kind of point back at the history of Alabama and be like, yeah, that's that's the past. That's like Notre Dame when they won all their championships in the 40s and 50s. Uh, it's like Nebraska in the 80s and 90s. You have to almost bury it with time and have sustained success. That's how you shift a narrative like that. Uh, I think it's just better to not worry about that narrative. And just recruit and get as good as you can. And if you win games, you can you can
3: start to chip away at the dynasty. And I, look, it has to end at some point. Yep. So the, that's what I was going to say is I think it takes Auburn doing something and it takes Alabama doing something. I think it takes Auburn investing in their recruiting more than ever and establishing a baseline consistency of this is the talent roster that we collect we don't go underneath this we only go up from here and it has to be closing the gap between Alabama's roster and Auburn's roster in terms of just how talented those two teams are on a given year it has to be closer and then the second thing is I think that Greg Byrne the AD there has to screw up the next coaching hire that he makes whether it be three years from now whether it be seven. Whenever Nick Saban finally steps out the door, I think it takes Alabama missing on their next head coach. And even a miss could be a a coach that produces minimum nine wins a year, maybe has an eight win random year in, in in a decade. But I think that it truly does take getting a coach that is vulnerable And I don't know where Alabama right now is looking. I don't even know if they're even considering, Okay, what do we do uh, after Nick Saban in terms of different ideas of coaches that they could get that are currently in the game? There are several options out there that I think would be on paper good replacements for Nick Saban, will never fill his shoes, but would have the... Um, that vulnerability that could finally, you know, start to give Auburn some opportunity to kind of get back into this series. And like you guys said, once you start winning some games, once you, if Auburn gets on, on a streak, if they win three games in a row in this rivalry, it gives them more recruiting opportunities. Yes. It gives them more attention. I it think if you win one, if if, 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 if if sure, absolutely. If you win one, if you win on the road in T town, I mean, that's that that would be huge. Auburn hasn't done yeah. that yeah. In, in, a in a long, long time. time. 2010, yeah, since twenty ten. So. If Auburn can finally start to establish even just a little bit of momentum in this rivalry mm-hmm. on top of, hey, it's the post-Nick Saban era, and maybe there's some uncertainty with that on top of Georgia and Kirby Smart continuing to do what they're going to do, Auburn's got a chance to get back in this thing. I, I, don't, I don't want to say easily, but it
1: it seems very possible I think the word you use that I like is momentum I think Auburn has to find a way to build momentum because Alabama look like I mentioned we know that Auburn won this game for years and years and years in a row and then Nick Saban showed up and it just the narrative flipped and Alabama has dominated since then and so I think if Auburn is able to build momentum like we've seen them do in this offseason with Hugh Freeze If you begin to build momentum, you get that win against Alabama, then you break the the barrier and you win in T-Town, and you just start to build what could be – a flipped narrative with Auburn possibly dominating Alabama and you bring up a great point Lance about what happens after Nick Saban and I truly believe this I've said it for years now and I still believe it the poor soul that steps into the head coaching role at Alabama after Nick Saban he's going to get paid he will not be successful I don't th- I don't care who it is they will not be successful because they will never live up to the expectations that Alabama fans have that have been set so high they will never succeed. Can you I, de- define successful for me? Is it
3: relative to Nick Saban, or is it just in general success in the SEC? I think SEC? it's relative to what
1: that fan base feels Expects. that program should be. Okay. Whoever takes Which over he, after Nick Saban will not survive more than four years.
2: I mean, that's, that's, uh, th- very that's extremely fair. I think that's extremely fair. But I do think that, and, and I want to revisit that here in a second, but if I asked you before these last two years, who is Big Brother and who is Little Brother in Michigan, Ohio State? The last two years before before, before oh, the, oh it's Ohio the, State, it's with Ohio Big State, Brother, yeah, yeah. Well, and if you go back and look, Michigan still led the series by seven. Mm-hmm, really, Michigan before the I mean, yeah, we we are talking about from two thousand one to through twenty nineteen, Michigan won twice. Michigan won twice. Yep. Ohio State changed the narrative there by dominating the rivalry. Now now that Michigan's reeled off two in a row, if they reel off a third, you might start seeing it shift back to the Michigan side of things. But I just want to put that out there. When we're talking about big brother, little brother, sustained success can bury a good bit of history. I think it's and a really good point. Ohio State-Michigan is a great example of just that. That's a really good point. Now, coming back to... Alabama, who do we think are some names that could be the next head coach Alabama? That's such a tough, such a I tough have, conversation. I have three that jump out to me right
1: now. Okay, well, I think we need to – you would have to – let's put a timeline on this. Let's put a year range of, of when we think Nick within Samen, the Samen Within
2: Samen the next three years.
3: I think he is done within three years. I, I agree with Which that. Which is fair. I think no it's more probably than closer to 2. That's that's what that's what I've continued to say uh, on or off air or even in uh, I don't think I've ever written about this but it's 5 years max I think it's happening within 3. I think I think it's happening within 2 personally but 3 is my three 2 is seems the a
1: little it honestly a lot depends on how this year goes.
3: Yeah, I was about I was about to say does this does this come off of a a really good season or does Saban in his career and I hate to say this on a little bit of a whimper, like like, is it two years, doesn't have success, doesn't have success, maybe not, doesn't make the SEC. Can championship this team game? get can this team right now, as it's presently constructed, can it get to to the mountaintop? I don't think so. I think it, no, uh, it, I, I th- think it can. I think it I can think get it close. Can. I, I think it can get close. It just right now on paper does not compare to what Georgia is doing.
2: I, do, I don't think this Alabama this version of this Alabama team in 23 can beat Georgia. I don't think it can beat Ohio State and Michigan. I don't think
1: it can beat... Uh, I think LSU will beat them head-to-head. I think we're making the mistake on Alabama in 23 that they're not talented because they're not to what Georgia is doing or what Alabama has been in the past. Sure. They're still really, really they're very talented. talented. So, yeah, so but
2: th- this is about to be Harbaugh's best Michigan team this year. And Ohio State, we, we saw what they did against Georgia. I think Ohio State's going to be really daggum good, and... They've got the best college football player in the country in Marvin Harrison Jr. Alabama has nobody like that right now on that offense.
3: I want to be clear. I think that, that Alabama and Georgia are comparable in terms of talent, but when you look at the key position quarterback i think that it could be argued that georgia simply has more stability there even though they're breaking in a new guy it's just he looks more polished and you've then got, and started. you've got you've got 10 stars of quarterback sitting behind him i think it's really important here as well to not just talk about what's going on with the players but what's going on with the coaching staffs And I do think a lot of people have some questions about the new OC and the new DC. What does Kevin Steele do after a horrible year at Miami? Maybe with some more talent, he has more success. Maybe he doesn't. What about Tommy Reeves? What on earth is that offense going to look like with these Bama players, right? And
1: and we've talked about this too with Alabama. It's like, when does it catch up to Alabama, them (laughs) changing coordinators every year, right? I mean, eventually it's got to catch up to them, Yep. Like it has to. Like You cannot sustain that type of success by turning well, they, over new coaches every year. Eventually, it will catch up to you. It will. Well, they, they had Kirby for
2: years on the defense. Yep. Then he leaves to go to Georgia. Then you had, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, Um, the guy, Pete Golding, yes. who was there for a few years. And he was the longest tenured coordinator they'd had since since Kirby. Since Kirby. Yep. And they hated him. And yeah. they hated him. Yeah, and they treated him like he was garbage, to the point that he left for Ole Miss. Which, good luck with that. You don't have a defense to work with. That's going to look great on the resume when they go four and eight this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but I'm with you. It's you don't get you don't you get a combination of two things. I think you don't get long tenure to coordinators because you either have so much success that these guys move on to head yep. coaching jobs, or the, you're there for it a long time, and the fan base is like, "I don't want this. I don't like this guy. He's not. We we had better defenses in 09 mm-hmm. which I don't think is fair to compare like that. I think that is something that takes place in the average Alabama fan's mind is, well, these Pete Golding defenses they aren't like the early Saban dynasty defenses. Yep, that's a different era of college football. The offenses weren't the same,
1: and all of this. Is why Auburn can flip the narrative of the quote big brother, little brother narrative that's going on in the state of Alabama. And your comparison with Ohio State, Michigan is a really, really good example, Carter. And I'm glad you brought that up. We'll continue this conversation here as we wrap up hour number one and talk about it later on in hour number two. But gotta get to our final break. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back. 334-321-1390, more of the Tuesday edition of On the Line when we return.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
1: Well, let's get to the phone lines as we wrap up our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line,
4: 334-321-1390.
1: Terry, you're on the line. I know you have some thoughts about this conversation.
4: Sure do. How's it going, guys? Going good, man. Got a couple, got a couple of things here. First of all, Carter, I love your... your um... You're talking about Alabama there. There's still Alabama fans that believe that honestly that Kirby Smart's can leave Georgia and come back to Alabama.
2: That will there's no way no that way.
4: happens. No way. But I'm 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 saying there are fans that are that arrogant to believe that. Well they can keep dreaming. But, well they can. They can't. The other thing is you've got to Hugh Freeze and the rest of that have got to draw the line. You can't let Alabama come into Auburn. I'm talking about the city of Auburn. And get recruits like Reuben Foster or Rashad Evans. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Right. That cannot happen. Yep. You're And they right. got Corey Grant too. we remember that. But he came back to Auburn. Yeah, he did. That that, so, that is a great example. You can't you can't allow that to happen. And and I think he's I think he will do that because you're you're a coach didn't care about recruiting as opposed to a coach another coach who was a hire who just didn't care. Period. Mm-hmm.
1: And it goes back so, to Carter's example of locking down. Auburn, Central, Opelika, right? And then you start expanding your wall is what Carter has always yeah. said. I think and you, you take this 45-minute radius and you say, okay, everybody
2: in that radius, we're landing. And then from, you start marching it out from there.
4: Because that's what Nick Saban did when he got to Alabama. He drew the lines around some of the Alabama areas traditionally. He said, okay, you're nobody else is coming in here and getting these guys I am. Mm-hmm. He did that. He drew an imaginary line. And that's what Coach Freeze has got to do. You got to stop that because Auburn High School is just going to continue to grow and get bigger, and they're going to have recruits just like you, and Foster, and Rashad Evans.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And then, and then once you take down or once you lock down Auburn, Opelika, Central, Smiths—all those type of programs and locations—then you got to get up to Birmingham, right? Because we know and all Jacob, the schools that are up there.
4: Jacob, by the way, what about all the great receivers that come from right over the hill here? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you got you got to stop that too.
1: You're I'm not just right.
4: single Alabama, but you also want the guy that goes to Clemson, right? Yeah. Mhm. That can't happen. Right. That's got to stop. Yep. appreciate uh, you guys. Have a good day.
1: Thanks you too, Terry. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. And that goes in, it feeds into our conversation we've been having about how does Auburn change the narrative? How do they change the and and how do they change the outlook of somebody looking at the Auburn Alabama rivalry? Think about the conversation that comes up every year. What's the biggest rivalry in college football? And we like to say Auburn Alabama, and we do believe that because it is. But it's hard for an outsider to say that because yep. of the dominance by Alabama. Same thing when when Big Ten fans want to say Ohio State-Michigan. You're like, well, Ohio State has won 18 of the last 20 until the last two years or whatever the numbers are, right? It's like, well, how when does it not become a rivalry when it's dominated like that and that's how that's the conversation we're having right now is how can auburn change that in the next five to ten years
3: and to give some perspective for those who who don't have it have it known or or don't have it pulled up in front of them not my article just the the series or haven't checked on it recently since saban's hiring auburn is 5 and 11 against alabama they haven't beaten bama since 2019 haven't won in bryant denny since 2010 The last time Auburn had a victory by more than one point on the road was in 2007. The last time Auburn got a double-digit victory in T-Town was 2002, one of their four double-digit wins overall since 1989. Since 1989, Alabama has had 13 double-digit victories in the rivalry. So it's been dominated by Bama for quite some time, and I truly do believe that if Auburn is able to invest themselves into getting this roster better every single year and becoming not just somebody that dominates in the portal, but somebody that dominates in high school recruiting and is able to kind of take back the state or the area, so to speak, Auburn can definitely make some leeway and start to even the gap between Alabama. uh, Absolutely. That uh, 2002 game, you know what's significant about that? Was that the – does it have to do with a running back that I'm thinking of? Is it the – it's Trey –
2: Trey Smith. Smith. It's the game where Cadillac and Ronnie and everybody's hurt. Mm -hmm. And Trey Smith goes for 130 on the road in Alabama,
1: the the former walk-on running back, and just has himself a day. Popped off in T-Town. You better believe it. Yeah, and and it's crazy that that Auburn has – just doesn't have that many double digit wins in in general against Alabama and especially on the road because you look at you look at when Nick Saban got to Alabama it seems like just about every other year Alabama beats Auburn by double digits when Auburn is down and Alabama is a national championship winning team i mean it's just it's just been what it is and and i think there are ways that Auburn can can turn that around and this Five to 10-year period. I put that timeline on it specifically because we talked about what happens after Nick Saban in Alabama, plus you're getting the new era of Auburn football with a new coach that seems to know what's going on with Hugh Freeze. This is a really important, really five years. This is a really, really important five-year period where Hugh Freeze can build Auburn back up and Alabama could take a step back and take a dose of reality and there could be a switch just like that when Auburn wins one or two in a row and you could see it all switch. And so I think that's why five years are important. And then the next five years after that is where Auburn could really take advantage and dominate the rivalry and become the quote big brother against alabama here in this state but hey coming up in hour number two we're going to talk auburn football recruiting it feeds into this conversation as official visits are pretty much done we'll talk about all the guys that were here on campus tell you what we know what we think and what could happen with all these big time recruits across this state and across the country 334-321-1390 don't turn that radio dial hour number two coming up
0: You are on the line live on ESPN 1067.
1: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two. Here on On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back on ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Open Like Sports Leader. I'm Jacob Goins. Join me, as always, is Carter Bird. And here in hour number two, still joined by Lance Daw of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily. Having some great conversations uh, so far. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure to uh, go catch up with the podcast, ESPNAU.com. Just click on the Podcast Center or just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded commercial-free right after the show today, so be sure you go and catch up. Listen to it tonight, tomorrow, whenever you'd like on ESPNAU.com. We talked about the baseball upgrades for Auburn Baseball and Plainsman Park. Those have been approved, a $30 million renovation project over the next three years uh, for Plainsman Park. And so We talked a lot about that, what it means for Auburn Baseball, what it's going to look like, and how it makes Plainsman Park what it will be a true uh, fan destination a must-visit place for college baseball fans. So we talked about that. Also sparked up the conversation about Auburn and Alabama, the rivalry in college football, and the, quote, big brother, little brother statements that have been made and how Auburn can flip that narrative over the next five to ten years. Don't worry, we will revisit that conversation coming up in just a little bit at 3.30. But if you missed any of the first hour, again, go catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com. Before we get into talking some Auburn football, recruiting, taking a look at the entire official visit list uh, from this summer really because it seems like Auburn football just about done with official visits I think they may have a couple of guys trickling in for uh, unofficial visits but the official visit period seems to be just about done for Auburn football before we get to that Lance I want you to plug all your stuff I know uh, you have a lot going on we appreciate your time and so we want to give you a chance to plug everything you got going on absolutely man appreciate it you can
3: follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore you can check out all of my written work for anything Auburn football basketball related over at auburndaily.com you can also check out the locked on kentucky podcast wherever you get your podcast or over on youtube actually just hit 4600 subs we're trying to get to 5k uh before the start of the season so even if you don't care about kentucky football or basketball. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you went over to the YouTube channel and subscribed.
1: Excellent. Well, Auburn Daily is where uh, we got the article that you wrote just a couple of days ago about the Auburn-Alabama football rivalry. Uh, You did not create that narrative, but you did write about it, and it was interesting, which is why I brought it up earlier. And we will talk some more about that coming up later here in hour number two. But let's talk about all of the official visits for Auburn football in this cycle when it comes to recruiting. We know... It's just been name after name after name, big player after big player after big player for Hugh Freeze, this entire coaching staff, and Auburn football here on the Plains. And we'd love to get your thoughts on this, our listeners. 334-321-1390 on the phone lines. They are open here in hour number two, 334-321-1390. Guys, it's just a massive list. I mean, you look up and down this thing on all the players that have been here for Official visits. And we talk with Krishna Clemente, our recruiting guru from Auburn 247, every time he's in here about what it means for somebody to take an official visit. They have only a certain number, right? There's a certain number of official visits uh, that can be had. And You have to – basically when you show up, the school goes all out. They do everything they possibly can to make you feel special, make you feel wanted, you and your family. And we've heard all the great things that Auburn and Hugh Freeze have done when guys come for official visits. Heck, we know what they've done when they just show up for a camp. And so we know how big and important it is when somebody takes an official visit, they're interested, guys. That's just all there is to it. When a player in high school takes an official visit somewhere like Auburn – they're at least interested and want to hear what they have to say. And when you look up and down this list... It's really really impressive
3: yeah and this past weekend was it was another big one uh, for Auburn obviously getting Perry Thompson the wide receiver back on campus this staff is doing like you said they're pulling out all, all the stops they're doing everything they can to see if they can get this kid to flip away from Alabama top 35 prospect nationally six foot three receiver that I think Auburn would love to have uh, in a Hugh Freeze type of system also a couple of offensive linemen uh, that, the, that the Tigers are looking at right now a couple of them not the highest rated guys but uh, I think would be uh, a appreciated nonetheless because of auburn's history recruiting offensive linemen over the past decade or so the the tigers are going after positions that they how how do i how do i start this i think that the most important thing the thing that has been kind of said over and over and over when it comes to winning sec football games is well you got to start in the trenches and Auburn has failed to do that, even later on in the Gus Malzahn tenure. Obviously, Brian Harson failed to do that as well to get offensive linemen on, on the team. Hugh Freeze identified that very early, uh, getting some guys in the transfer portal because of the need that was that was uh, that was obviously there for the O line, and then building towards the future. If you can start to get some of these higher profile O linemen, guys like Casey Poe, uh, on your team, it's going to speak volumes, I think, to what Auburn's quite honestly, what their records are going to be in the future. If you can start to establish yourself up front uh, better than you have over years yeah. past, and, and, and honestly, it doesn't take that much to get Auburn better than what they have been, uh, it's going be, to be a really good time here in the coming years and the recruiting right now, getting these guys on campus. Man, I want to see some of them commit.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you look at the names that were just on campus this past weekend. I mean, you've got guys like Preston Tal- Talmua from – Hawaii, you've got DeAndre Carter from California, a couple of four-star guys, uh, Khalil House, which I know is somebody that uh, Hugh Freeze likes a lot. Uh, there's the moment that supposedly when he camped here about a week or two ago, uh, they called Hugh Freeze down to come talk to come watch a couple of his reps. He sat there, he watched a few reps, and said, "Offer him," and just walked off, which is a just awesome move. I just think that that's so cool. Uh, to be able to do that. And you've also got Casey Poe, who's on campus. I think Auburn is in it with all of those guys more. I mean, they're probably the favorite for Khalil House, but mm-hmm. in it with all those guys more than people think. And if Auburn rattles off two or three offensive line commits here before the end of the summer, you feel really good. And then you can start to turn your attention to the defensive line, which seems to be going a little bit slower. Uh, malik Blockton right now is probably the only guy that jumps out as a uh immediate add on the defensive line jamanta waller the the edge the deep defensive lineman that they were after he committed to florida i believe yesterday yep um i want to like kind of put a put a tab on that one and just just keep it open oh if it's on your computer screen J- Jamonta waller florida because um Let's just see what happens after five and seven happens this fall for for the uh, Florida Gators, and if they move on from Billy Napier. Hey, credit to Billy Napier and that Florida staff. They have landed a stupid amount of players in the last week, and they've gotten all the way up to, I mean, they were number eight in the recruiting rankings the last time I looked at it. But, again, they landed Waller. They are now number three. They Uh, need it, man. They need it.
3: I'll tell you what I just dude.
2: don't believe they're going to they're going to hang on. I don't believe a kid like Jamonta Waller from Mississippi is going to watch Florida go 5 and 7 this year and say, "Yep, that's where I want to go. And I want to go play for that stuff."
3: And 7 and 5 is going to look so good in 2024. Also,
2: it's not uh it's also very funny that that they lost um <laughs> That they lost Austin Simmons, the 2025 quarterback who reclassified
3: to 2023 to Ole Miss, which is like, uh, like what? What is what is Lane Kiffin selling these quarterbacks? I'm telling. It you. has to be some type of quarterback-related drug. Like we're going to make you superhuman. And congratulations, come on down. You reclassified two years.
2: 4 GPA. Apparently, had graduated high school at the end of his freshman year and has been homeschooled for the past two years man something up about that Um, as a former homeschooler
3: something smells
2: (laughs) he might (laughs) be so from what i've heard i think he's a better baseball player than he is quarterback i read about i think he is a high draft guy when it comes to to uh
1: being a a pitcher but well you said it the other day i mean if you throw him on a football field in college right now he will not survive (laughs) he will get
2: you will have um What's his name at at uh, LSU? The 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 edge player who was a monster as a
3: freshman. Oh, Mason Smith. Well,
2: him as well. Am I wrong? Um, I'm, I was thinking of the the outside linebacker, the uh, freshman last year. But uh, I mean, if
3: Harold Perkins. Thank you.
2: Sorry. I was sitting on P and I sitting on P and sitting on H and I didn't I couldn't <laughs> put him put it together. Um, but uh, if Harold Perkins comes off the edge and hit that kid, if oh. he had to play any game this fall, it's his body will just explode.
1: Yeah, and that's <laughs> not—it's not good for a kid who is still developing, literally. Um, but yes, I'm with you. I think that um, Florida definitely needed some—they needed some help. They needed some guys. I don't—I want like a 30 for
2: 30 on this kid in like 15 years, being like, <laughs> so was this the biggest mistake you ever made by not? Going through your final two years of high school and being a normal kid, maybe, I mean, maybe. maybe. Well, I guess. We'll- well, or or, or, or time are you, you like, are you a eighteen year old in the NFL just bawling out, uh, making
3: stupid money? Genuine question: Why wouldn't you want to like get at least one more year of high school in before you have to go to college? Because college, baby, that's
1: <laughs> that's the
4: only thing I especially, can especially, especially
2: because the quarterback's situation. At Ole Miss, doesn't it's not favorable to Austin Simmons. Yeah, you've got you've got Jackson Dart who's the starter. You've got Spencer Sanders who's your backup. You've got uh, Walker Walker Howard, Walker Howard who, uh, the LSU transfer, who I think is the heir apparent to Jackson Dart. And I mean, cool. That's not a very easy path to playing time for you. I'm very curious to see if you're still there in two years. Is Dent still there? I don't know, I don't know. Well, you They've, know what they—you know they, what they—they they had a bunch of kids transfer out and a bunch of kids transfer in.
3: You
1: know, it'd be it hard is, to keep up it is with, what it is. with what they're doing over there. Yeah, it, it, I, I
3: am confused by this move. The only thing I can think of think of is nil, like the desire to get a, get a head start on that. But even then again, what's a, what's one more year of high school? Well, you like, know what they, they say. See, there's college,
2: states that let you do nil stuff. College is college yeah. is fun when you're 15.
1: I mean, that's what I've heard is well, the narrative.
2: Supposedly <laughs> this is he's old for his grade so he will be 17 he's this fall
1: because a- you can do so much as a 17 year old in this world right like, uh, whatever man credit to him though credit to him at least he's at least he's Doing it. I mean, if, look, if you're good enough to do it, then by all means, ha- have a fun time with it. But to bring this back to uh, the conversation that we started with with the official visitors for Auburn, just counted them up. Out of the 20 official visits that Auburn hosted in this last cycle, Five of them were five stars, guys. Mm. Five of them were five stars out of the 20 of official visitors. So that just shows that Auburn's going after these guys. I think they're in pretty good for a few of them. And, and you just never know what Hugh Freeze and this staff are going to be able to do given the comments we've heard from when guys come and visit campus.
3: Can you give me a percentage chance that Auburn lands one of those? Right now, One of the stands. five stars I've visited? Yes.
1: I would put it on 75%.
3: Because of how confident you're in at least one of them yes and who would that be is it
1: Thompson
2: I think it's cam Coleman I think right now if I, if I had a guess I'm gonna say Cam Coleman I think Perry Thompson's a close second
1: would you- Thompson's tough because he's already you know he's so committed and been committed for so long to Alabama mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to be tough but I'm sure you saw his quote where he said Auburn pulled even with Alabama
3: would you rather have Perry Thompson or Cam Coleman
1: it's a good question I think Carter's answer is cam Coleman and I think I think my answer is Cam Coleman. Team. All right.
2: I, I, I will say Cam Coleman for right now, but I mean. I really
1: like Perry Thompson, though. I do. <laughs> Auburn's not going to complain on either one of those. <laughs> let's why just not, be honest. Hey, why not both? Why not both? <laughs> why? That, imagine. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, dude. It would be unbelievable if Auburn could do that. Hey, let's take a sidestep real quick. Let's get to, you know what? Let's take an early break. I want Thomas to have plenty of time to say what he has to say. Thomas, hold on on the phone lines, man. We're going to get to you right after this break. We'll take an early one here as we get underway in hour number two on the Tuesday edition of On The Line.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
1: Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Thomas, you're on the line. We appreciate you holding on through the break, man. What's up?
5: Oh, no problem. Just uh, just doing a little work. And I uh, always love a uh, conversation about football. Uh, but uh, and I will say you, uh, your question before the end, uh, do one or the other. Well, my question, yeah, my answer would be uh, both. And here's why, yeah. you, you know, there was a guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky who had a great quote. He said, you will always miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. There you go. And uh, that's one thing you can definitely say. Uh, the last two coaches uh, really didn't know what they were doing in recruiting, and we got one who does now. You better right. believe it. He, he
1: 100% knows, and, and, and I, agree I think that. something that Hugh Freeze has shown uh, Thomas is the fact that he is not afraid to take those shots. And whether he misses or makes it, he's not afraid to go after kids that are some of the biggest names in the state and some of the biggest kids that are already committed to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or whatever
5: correct all right now in the first hour y'all were talking about the rivalry between auburn and alabama yeah and i i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask you a question is uh have you ever heard alabama fans make this statement that, alabama, that the only time auburn ever beats us is when we have a bad team <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a it's I a mean, pretty guess, common yeah. it's, a, it's a common statement i've heard it once or twice
5: okay well now let's examine uh what was it uh is a yeah there's a tv show uh, just the facts -hmm. All right. I don't want you to Google this. I want y'all to answer this question. Okay. Uh, There's been, if I'm not mistaken, there's been 14 times when Auburn and Alabama have played each other when both teams won at least eight games during that season. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would like to y'all take on what Alabama's record in those 14 games is.
1: Saban has never beaten Auburn as an eight win team. No,
5: no, I'm talking about all time.
1: Yeah. Oh, all all time. time. Oh, okay. Oh, goodness. Okay.
5: 14 times. That Auburn and Alabama have played, both teams won at least eight games during the season. What is Alabama's record against Auburn in those fourteen games?
2: I, f- I feel like it's going to be something like four and ten.
5: Okay, I'm no gonna, that's going to be my guess. I was, was going to go gonna closer say five and
1: nine. I'm going to go closer to five hundred. I'm going to say seven and seven. I'll say the same.
5: Okay. Well, you know, uh, was it Family Feud? The answer is, eh. the, answer is <laughs> the answer is one. 12-1. and 1. Wow. When we're good, they can't beat us. Period.
1: Wow.
2: So okay. that's
5: all we need to do is be consistently good, and we will dominate Alabama. I mean... Oh, that's, always, that's always a fun question to ask. A, ask a bammer. Ask them that question, especially when they bring up, well, Auburn, y'all can only beat us when we're not good. Just, uh, and the thing is, you will get this glazed-over look in their eyes because they don't like facts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey i mean the numbers like the numbers would back that up man it absolutely would and that that's an interesting stat it's a it's obviously a lot more lopsided than i thought it was
5: yeah well and, and i would have figured four and ten or something you know or seven and seven uh, but then but but because i'm a student of the game yeah. i actually looked it up and and of course the tie was 1994 mm-hmm. and in that game had the referee actually called what happened with Frank Sanders on that fourth down play, uh, it would have been 1-13. Right. Because we would have scored, we would have went for two, and we would have won the game. And if you, if you go back and watch the replay, the Alabama defenders all looked at when they measured the, measured the ball, they knew it was a first down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I've seen the video. I, I'll be honest, I was not alive when that happened. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, that would make the record even worse. You're absolutely right.
5: Yes. And the thing is, Nat should have never been 21 to nothing at halftime. Kudos to them for, for playing a great game in the first half. But, but like I said, that's, that's always something that's fun. And I used to live in Tuscaloosa. So right. it's always fun to bring those kind of facts up. Uh, and so, anyway, uh, hope you all have a great rest of the evening. I've got to get back to work. And... Uh, because that's what Auburn folks do. We believe in work, hard work. There you go, yes, man. Sir.
1: Thomas, appreciate the call, man. It's always uh, good to hear from our listeners. and We appreciate you calling in. We're we're technically working right now. That's what they say. And so uh, uh, we appreciate you calling in, and hopefully you didn't get in trouble with your boss. But we appreciate the call. We'd love to hear from any of our other listeners as well. 334-321-1390. How about that Stag guys? Yeah. I, I, I did not. Obviously, I didn't so know I,
2: it was happening. I think, I, think
3: I was doing the record. Alabama's record against a good Auburn
2: team. I had it switched.
3: Well, so I, I would have said was, nine and five for Auburn. My, I'm not kidding. My answer was going to be two and twelve before
1: you said that. I'm like, shoot, I gotta bring this down a little bit because I don't want to
3: be. I the went odd more. Now.
1: I went more middle ground. I just didn't know it was that. I I didn't know it was my that guy long. over here just cowered to
2: seven and seven. because, <laughs> because <laughs> Thanks, man. I was appreciate like, that. I don't want to be. I I he was like, I don't want to be. He was going to be... go. He
3: was going to go. Alabama was two and ten, and then when I said four and or er, er, four and ten, I was like, <laughs> shoot, I'm about to say two and. 12 and I'm about to get clowned so <laughs>
1: see, hard. See, I strategically went in the middle, so I couldn't be super wrong or super right. I, I don't, don't know, know right why this
3: made me think
2: of it, uh, but when he talked about Alabama going up in 94, going up 21 nothing at half, um, it made me think about another game in a different rivalry where a team jumped out on another one. Have you ever heard the story of 1999 Oklahoma-Texas and Mike Leach? No. That's Mike not. Leach... Made a fake play sheet script for the, to start I the game this, yeah. and purposely dropped it on the yep. field so a Texas assistant would yep. find it. Yeah, yep. and then so that that assistant ran it to the Texas defensive coordinator and like OU as massive underdogs just comes out firing and just going down the field scoring, and then Texas figures it out when they're down like twenty-one nothing or something and uh, come back and win the game
3: 38-28. Oh my gosh, I would be. That's well, a genius move. Well, I'm hey, just... look, you you held it, you prevented the pain for yeah. a brief
1: amount of time. <laughs> That's right. Well, well look, Thomas, we appreciate the call and it does yeah. feed into uh the conversation we were having and we will continue to have that uh coming up in just a it few was minutes.
2: 17 nothing in the first 10 minutes of game time. Holy smokes. Mm. In that in that 9 what do you say 99, right? And the 99 uh Red River shootout cuz
3: we We'll call it a shootout. What?
2: I, what is it? Showdown? Is it shootout? I think
1: what is, I rivalry. Think, like, wh- why? They, why did we change it? They changed uh, it because didn't they change it because of it being called a shootout? The, in, is, am I correct the, on that? Cry me a Red River. Come on, y'all. What? Call it a rival Red River, bro. What? That do do we not one. like that? Because there's three R's in a
2: row. Like, what's the <laughs>
1: issue? I don't know, man. Who knows? In in today's world, right? You just never know what what the change is going to be. But um, Thomas, again, we appreciate the call. We'll bring your call back up uh, in just a few minutes when we get back on the. Auburn Alabama rivalry big brother little brother all that type of conversation because it does spark up some interest and we'd love to hear from our listeners again 334-321-1390 we were talking about the official visit list for Auburn football uh, in this past period which the dead period uh, will begin on Monday if I believe
2: yeah Um, no it'll be it'll be interesting there will be that dead period for a little bit and then of course we know uh the summer recruiting event that lurks that i finally feel like somebody uh running the program actually knows how to do this correctly but big cat weekend at the end of july which
1: is a very important Expe- date. i expect
2: that one to 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 be a big weekend uh and i th- i don't think auburn's I think auburn's going to pick up uh several commitments between now and then and have some real momentum by the time uh big cat rolls around uh i mean i think that uh, I know it's it's summer and you got Fourth of July, but yeah, I think uh the fireworks are gonna be popping off for auburn in 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 recruiting in July and I think that that's gonna that's gonna build momentum going into big cat and big cat has a chance to be a huge weekend you want to talk about Perry Thompson Alabama has their big barbecue weekend r- recruiting thing the same weekend as big cat mm. Perry Thompson shows up to big cat weekend I think that would
1: say a lot that would mean a lot
3: it would, it so would mean just would about be, everything
2: I think I tend to agree with
1: you because he has he has stated he wants to commit right before his senior season starts mm. so early August and in big cats into July so yeah you're you're absolutely right if Perry Thompson shows up to big cat weekend I think Auburn should feel extremely good about about what that would send what message that would send for Auburn Carter,
3: you were laughing about something before we started talking about this. What was it? You, you were about I, I to pulled say it.
1: up. I pulled up the
2: Wikipedia page for the Red River Showdown because Wikipedia is
1: always the place to go. Uh, exactly. and no, well, no,
2: no. I mean, I wasn't. It, I'm not looking right. for any information here. But I, I just had the thought that somebody who just had trouble rolling his Rs was like, "We can't call this the Red River Rivalry because it's just gonna." I, somebody important was just like.
3: I'm not having that. It's gonna embarrass me when I say it out loud in public. And so we're changing it. He was in he was in a room with some of his friends, you know, talking about, you know, the big event he's got to come up and he it's said kind it, of and tongue twister. Yeah, and he made and, and they made fun of him and he just said, Well, this ha- this has to be done.
1: I would well, now it's a shootout. Congrats. Shootout. I'll admit before I got into radio, rivalry was a really tough word for me to say. It really was. I, I
3: can't believe I said the word vulnerability correct earlier. I, vulnerability, I was, that good? Yeah. I, I can't. I can't talk for anything.
1: Red so. as a as a broadcaster. <laughs> as Red. As River, somebody who's done radio and hosted daily <laughs> podcast. I can't talk for anything.
3: I continue to remind my listeners that I cannot pronounce names, nor can I talk in general. Sometimes I just have a stroke on air, and it's just. Yeah, Especially when bad things happen to Kentucky
2: basketball. Yeah. Which yeah, I just may, I may or may not up. have just a tab open on my computer where just the – Twitter search Antonio Reeves and then another one that is Kentucky
3: Basketball <laughs> just open at all times. Just refreshed every now and then just
2: yeah.
1: to check it. I'm see. telling you Lance is going to quit coming on this show. because <laughs> Something's going to happen. Calipari is going to be extended another 10 years and it's going to break during our show and Lance is going to walk out and never come back. I'm convinced. I will in tears.
3: I, I just be. can't wait to watch him spin that into a positive right yeah. my
1: show the next day it's gonna be all right guys it's gonna be all right the pain cannot last forever well when we come back we're not talking Kentucky we'll talk Auburn Alabama and the rivalry and how Auburn can switch the narrative in the next five to ten years stay tuned you don't want to miss it
0: you are on the line with Jacob Goertz and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: Thirty more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the backup. Jacob Goins, he's Carter Bird. We're joined by Lance Dahl in studio of Locked On Kentucky and contributor for Auburn Daily. And want to get back to the uh, popular conversation that we have generated today, based off of an article Lance wrote on Auburn Daily, based off of a tweet that was sent out, um, talking about the quote. Big brother, little brother in college football across every state uh, in the U.S. And, uh, of course, with the state of Alabama, it was noted from Big Game Boomer. It's a popular uh, Twitter user that creates these lists all the time, generates a bunch of buzz, um, that Alabama is the big brother of Auburn. And, And look, you can't. There's just not a whole lot of argument against that because we know what the record has been since Nick Saban got to Alabama, but the question I have posed to you guys, and I want us to dive some more into this and to our listeners as well, we'd love to get your thoughts on this, 334-321-1390. How can Auburn change that narrative in the next five to 10 years? I talked about how this next five years are really, really important for what could be the, the passing of the torch in the state. If everything goes right with Auburn and Alabama does end up taking a step back after Nick Saban. Uh, And then the next five years after that could be where Auburn takes that next step past Alabama. um, If everything goes right. And so, How can this change over the next five to 10 years? And something that came up was who replaces Nick Saban? Because I think that has a lot to do with what Auburn does in the next 10 years, which is what Lance brought up earlier.
3: Yeah, it really does have to do with, I think, two things. Like we mentioned earlier, it it's partially what does Alabama do post Nick Saban and how do they handle that? Do you believe that Alabama is not going to have as much much success or nearly as much success as they've had under Saban? And then also, uh, you know, Terry pointed it out, Thomas pointed it out. Auburn has to be able to start to elevate their floor when it comes to recruiting talent especially in the state of alabama and in the region here if auburn can start to gain some more momentum which is the word that we were using earlier to kind of uh, identify these high four and five star talents and get them away from the georgias the clemsons the alabamas of the world they're gonna have they're gonna start having a lot more success and i really really like the phone call that uh, thomas uh gave us earlier just talking about how when auburn is good when this football team is good The Crimson Tide have a very hard time beating them. And I I, want to go actually look and pull up the series history because I think that a factor that we also have to discuss here is how much of that is in the modern era of college football, how much has really changed over the past few years that could maybe make that a little bit more difficult of a feat to accomplish. Also, just because it's happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. Who knows? Auburn could be really good. Bama could be really good. And for the next decade and Bama could split it 5-5 five and five, instead of being 1-12-1. But uh, Auburn has the potential right now to do something that they have not done in a while in this rivalry, which is establish some consistency. And I- I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, and if he or staff members out there listening, I-, I have the utmost respect for Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff right now based on what they've done uh, with the program. Hugh Freeze was not the most consistent in the SEC at Ole Miss. And I'm curious yeah. to see if a scene change maybe sparks a different you know sort of story here.
1: But you know who he had consistency against.
3: But he did have consistency against Alabama. Mm-hmm. So we will we will just have to wait and see what Hugh Freeze does against the type.
2: Yeah, I mean he, he did not have that consistency at Ole Miss, but he also, I mean, he took Ole Miss to ten wins, which is something they've done like what four times which in cannot last 50, be 60 years. Which cannot be understated. I mean, yeah. that is a
1: huge accomplishment. Uh,
2: that's something that they just don't do. Um, but I will say he lost some games he shouldn't have, but I do wonder how many of those were... Ole Miss has limitations. Mm-hmm. You can only be so good at Ole Miss. And this goes for basketball, too, with Chris Beard there. Chris Beard can get talent in the door, but I don't think he's ever going to get the elite of the elite talent uh, in in Oxford, Mississippi, to make that a Elite Eight Final Four team at Ole Miss. I don't think it's ever going to be that. But Ole Miss is a place that, I mean, really, if you go back and look, since Dagum what, 71? Mm-hmm. Hasn't been that good of a program. Yep, It hasn't been. Since, 19, since the end of 1971, so the 72 season on, They had a 10-win season in 03. They had a 10-win season in 15 under Hugh Freeze. And a 10-win season in 2021 under Lane Kiffin. One of those was quarterbacked by a Manning. Mm. I mean, their 10-win seasons, you have to go back to, what, 62 to find a season that wasn't quarterbacked by a Manning. And it doesn't help that they played the, the in the SEC. Yeah. Like, so when I when I look at Hugh Freeze and not being the most consistent in the SEC, I take that with a grain of salt because it's old Miss. Seven and six, eight and five, nine and four, ten and three, five and seven in the year that it really unraveled. That's all well and good, and I know everybody's like, well, he was cheating. I was like, okay, if you want to sit here and try to have the argument with me that Hugh Freeze was the only coach in the SEC cheating in that period in time, I mean, I've got a really great – I've got some great beachfront property here in Auburn, Alabama to sell you. (laughs) I do. But – Look, this is a coach that I think knows what it takes to win. He's never been at a program that has a ceiling like Auburn does. Yep. There is buy-in. There is the NIL. It's finally pulling in the right direction. Everything is falling in the line. We haven't seen what Hugh Freeze's best version is. We yep. haven't seen what his ceiling is, and Auburn's a place where he can actually show that. And I don't. Th- and I think he's grateful enough to, much like Bruce Pearl grateful enough to get this opportunity at Auburn that I don't think he's ever going to plan to leave I think he pl- he plans to retire at Auburn just like I think Hugh Freeze or Bruce Pearl is going to do as well just like I think Butch Thompson is going to do as well Butch, Bush Th- Butch Thompson not Bush Thompson Butch Thompson very easily could be a name that's mentioned for a job like Mississippi State somewhere he's been before yeah. somewhere that's it has got probably more baseball resources. It's easier to recruit at. It's easier to coach at. Better facilities. All that stuff. I don't think he's leaving Auburn. Especially not with this stuff that got announced today. I don't think that's happening. Right. But Hugh Freeze has a chance to, to elevate his on-field legacy as a head coach at Auburn because the potential has never
1: been this high. And you take that compared to what we were talking about with Alabama where – what happens after nick saban right so if Mm -hmm. if auburn continues to do this number right here and i'm motioning my hand upwards here in the studio if auburn continues to climb and get better and recruit and start literally stealing recruits from alabama and flipping guys from georgia alabama clemson wherever right if auburn gets back to a legitimate top 10 program on the field in recruiting nil transfer portal all those types of things if Auburn can get back to doing that under Hugh Freeze and winning games, right, that is a big, big part of it. I remind people of that once a week on this program. Of you got to get results on the field, and I think they will come if all of that happens in in line with what happens it, when you ponder the question: What happens at Alabama after Nick Saban? You're looking at a five. I said it already. You're looking at a five to ten year period where the narrative of quote, big brother, little brother in the state of Alabama could legitimately shift and I think it's going to take some consistency winning for Auburn against Alabama and... You just don't know what's going to happen in Alabama after Nick Saban.
3: I think that this may be a a question that we ask three years into Hugh Freeze's tenure. And I I, I do think that there is so much potential, just based on the way that he and the staff have handled things in these, these first several months, there is so much potential for Auburn to start regaining their footing. Absolutely. But I think there are two questions that need to be asked. What if Auburn just goes back to what they were for 2014 to 2020 and then i think a question that we need to ask two or three years into hugh freeze's tenure how that this is also a very real reality how different is he from gus malzahn uh, how different is what we're looking at in terms of just output and i understand that it may look different on the field it may look different because of the way that they operate but the final record that they get at the, every, the end of every single year and the opponents that they beat how different is it from what auburn has been in the past and i'm going to be honest with you as somebody that has interest in this program i'd be happy to get back to that level right now because auburn's not they they've not been at that level for the past 2 years i'd love to see them get back to that But there's also there's a reality where Auburn takes off and they're able to kind of not necessarily even things with Alabama, but they're able to get get that gap uh, shortened. There's also a world where Auburn just continues to be Auburn underneath Hugh Freeze. Recruiting continues to be good, but not elite. It continues to be uh, a place where Auburn can find success every third or fourth year, like really take off as a team. But at the end of the day, Hugh Freeze is just a, another good but not elite Auburn coach because they can't get past the Bama's or the Georgias. What if Bama's next hire is phenomenal? What if they continue to win? Which brings us back to who? Do, who do you think is going to be the next coach at yeah. Alabama? Which you believe you've you've got some really interesting candidates that we were talking about off air earlier.
2: My, I mean, the first name that jumps out to me, and and if I'm an Alabama fan, this is I am clamoring for him because I know who he's coached under I know that he knows the idea of what of how this program is built and how it needs to be sustained but Dan Lanning yep. Dan Lanning is the number 1 name because he's young it's not like he there's ever a scenario where he is going to leave you to go coach at his alma mater I think he went to um, he went to a school named William
3: Jewell yeah he's which, not going <laughs> to. which he went
2: to a
0: university. I know
1: nothing of, about whatever <laughs> that hey man, is. Hey, money. Hey, money talks. He you went, never
3: know. That was. sounds like a like off-brand jewelry store. To be honest with you, he sounds like just a, a just a, a midwestern dude that you would meet in like with, like <laughs> Nebraska. Oh, hey, there's William Jewel. I mean, <laughs> William Jewel, my man. He could. Me 30, he's
2: thirty-seven years old right now. If you brought him in to Alabama and he's able to sustain what Nick Saban has built. He could be your guy, theoretically, mm-hmm. for 25 years. But guys, I keep saying crazy? this. I think he's more likely, likely to go to the NFL than a Kirby Smart is. I don't think I... That continues to be a very common um, hope by Auburn fans is, well, Kirby Smart's
1: going to go to the NFL. He's going to try his hand at the NFL because he wants to. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Not anymore. Not with his success at Georgia. I think that possibility was a possibility, but the fact that he's just won back-to-back national championships, has a a legitimate chance to win a third in a row, why would he go to the NFL? We've seen college coaches take that jump, and it rarely works out for them.
2: I think his eyes are set more on – he knows how much he can dominate college football right now. I think his eyes are set more Mm -hmm. on – I can chase down and beat every every
1: standard and record that Nick Saban has ever built. And and guys, I think with, I've said this, with Alabama, the guy that takes over after Nick Saban, he will not succeed. I'm just telling you, he won't. He will not succeed. He will get paid. And that's why I, I wouldn't make the statement, you're an idiot if you take the job after Saban because you're going to get a nice paycheck. But the guy who takes over directly after Nick Saban at Alabama will not succeed past four years. They will not do it. It won't happen. I'll say this
2: for, for the Dan Lanning hire. If you're going to hire him, it ha- that means Saban has to step down after this year. Oh, yeah. Because Florida's going to open up. Yep. A&M's going to probably open up, I think. They're both going to look at the Pacific Northwest, at Eugene, Oregon, and say, hey, Dan Lanning. You learned how to do this under Kirby Smart? Come on down. Yeah, and you recruit like an absolute monster to Oregon? Come
1: come back to the southeast and let's and let's do it here in the SEC. Very well could. And I think that would be a good call for Alabama if Saban were to step down. You just never know. And that feeds into can Auburn flip? the can auburn flip what the perspective is on the iron bowl and can they take over and start beating alabama consistently again like we saw in the early 2000s we'll take our final break come back get to the phone lines one more time shane you'll be up when we come back and wrap it up here on the tuesday edition of on the line
0: you are on the line on espn 106.7 Online at espnau.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
1: All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On the Line, let's get to the phone lines one more time before we get out of here. <laughs> 334 321 1390. Shane, you've been holding on through the break. We appreciate it, man. What's up?
6: Hey, guys. Hey, uh, who was the coach before, Steven? Mike Shula, wasn't it? I believe. Yeah. And and who was it before him?
2: Oh yeah, you got I it. Was, Drawing yeah, the exactly. On
6: that. So I, I, it's just because Saban got here and is doing this doesn't mean there's another Saban. Unfortunately, he's 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 across the street at the other team. But I, 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 whoever they get, it's not going to be. And that they can't just keep up with what he's been doing because right. they're, they're not unless he has a clone or a son somewhere out there. I don't I don't <laughs> know about I, that.
2: I but. by the way, Shane, I have the answer for you because I thought it was this. Yep. It was Mike Price who yep. never coached a game yep. because he got fired yep. before he yep. got around to his first season. Before that it was yes. Dennis Francione, uh before that Mike DeBose.
6: Good times. Yeah, and then before that is you know Gene Stallings. Whoever mm-hmm. Right, so, but you, you're so, right.
1: There was a there was a massive time break between Bear Bryant Christ. and Nick Saban, and so there will more than right. likely be a big break again. Doesn't mean they can't get a good coach between then. Uh, but right, get,
6: they'll, they'll get a good coach. You know, they're they're, they're attractive. You know, right. but, but they're not going to get. There is nobody out there. Dan Lanning. Yeah, he's he might be a good coach, and so we just don't know. Mm-hmm. But but they're not going to get anybody near his 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 pedigree because there is nobody right now. So. I'm not going to worry about that because that's also in the future. Like, I'm not going to worry if, 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 uh, if Hugh Freeze is going to be like Gus Malzahn because that's also in the future. He hasn't played a game yet. Yeah. So I, I'm not really worried about the if right now because sure. you know, I'd, I'd like to see him play, play for, you know, at least a few games before mm-hmm. we, we were, you know, bashing them. So I just like to, uh, that out there, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I mean,
2: I, 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 think Hugh Freeze is going to be a significant upgrade over anything Gus Malzahn ever was, and I, frankly, I think the people that yeah, no, say, you, yeah, you
6: didn't say
2: anything about that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 mean, I'm, I'm bringing up the fact that I, a lot of people have the take that he's, that he's just another Gus Malzahn, which I was, think was the, the narrative, narrative it, when his name is- was
1: being thrown around
2: such a right. lazy take and that I mean that's lazy and not going anywhere past the sur- surface level and you're just saying that cuz he coached at arkansas state and he's Gus Malzahn's best friend
6: right yeah, they they're not they're not the same coach and i'm i'm going to i'm going to guarantee you we're we're going to surprise people this year and and then from let's just see let's 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 see, let's see what how this first recruiting class ends mm-hmm. that last one does not count that that was i to the fire so let's just see what he does this time which is starting off pretty well uh and then and then the next year and after that then we can pass judgment and then you know I, he, maybe he will be a little bit like us i don't think so but i think i think he's going to do extremely well and uh, I agree. He's, he's never had the assets that he has now
5: right so, which
1: is what carter what said does. too and yeah, i'm with you you got to give him you got to give coach a t- you got to give a coach some time man i've said that whether right. it be football basketball what gymnastics whatever it may be you got to give a coach some time before you start shooting bullets and start and start putting him on the hot seat. I'm 100% with you, Shane.
6: What, last thing, I'll hang out It sucks so, so much that we are – what other team out there, uh, what other school out there has to put up with what Auburn does? Nobody. The two biggest teams out there in the world uh, are, are our biggest competitors. And, and, and so we get held to this weird – this weird standard where no other team does, yep. no other team has, has to do that. So, it's, it's it's a weird scenario. But you know, we've, helped, we helped, we've held we help we've our own. Uh, we just gotta we gotta we gotta punch Georgia back a little bit. They've been you know beating us down a little bit too too often, for my takes. But I, I think we're on the right track, and that's all I got to say. Where you that.
1: Appreciate the call, Shane. Good to hear from you as always. 334-321-1390. It just seems like guys, as we have a couple of minutes left it just seems like we know what Georgia's doing right mm-hmm. we know georgia is is <laughs> the torch has been passed when it comes to dominance in college football from alabama to to georgia and look that's not going to just disappear anytime soon because kirby smart's not going anywhere but it seems like auburn fans have have this this mentality really like shane just talked about and i'm not saying it's wrong at all it's almost like a When's it our turn, right? When's it Auburn's turn to be that sort of team, that sort of program in college football? And I think Auburn I fans have really the feeling been there. Right, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. The I, it, die
2: era is the closest you got when you right. were pretty dominant in the SEC.
1: And that's what I'm saying. I feel like he, Auburn fans, the ones that really like Hugh Freeze, the ones that were pushing for Hugh Freeze to get hired here they all can sense that that's a possibility with Hugh Freeze. And it certainly is. And it certainly is. And in the first 10 months, he has proven that it can be a possibility. Now, again, we haven't seen anything on the field. Shane just talked about it. Let's see what happens in an actual game. But I think that's what I'm starting to pick up on from Auburn fans is they are wondering, man, we're tired of seeing Alabama and Georgia whoop up on us and everybody else. When is it Auburn's turn to be that and i think with the facilities and the coach you have in place right now that is a true
3: possibility and that's what i was saying earlier about you know i think it's a two or three year period before we start to have questions but we may never get to that point yeah. i mean there's definitely a reality like i said earlier things could go really really well there's definitely something in place here or it could just be auburn there it is very possible
1: very possible time will only tell lance Dahl, appreciate you joining us locked on kentucky and auburn daily uh come back tomorrow though two to four right here on espn 1067 until then stay safe i'll talk to you then